0: Well, today we're going to start in a new series, we're, we're going to look at the book of Ruth. Um, it, it takes place during the time of a harvest. I thought that might have been appropriate for today, but it was actually the, the wheat and barley harvest, so maybe it's just going to foreshadow a, something ahead that we can look forward to. Uh, but, you know, the song, We Will Remember, I, I was thinking about that as we sang it together. That's very fitting for today because today we're remembering part of God's grand narrative, part of God's redemptive story. And to do that, we always have to understand where we're at in that plan. So Ruth, you know, it's been told by itself uh, for years. You can read it by itself. You you can study it. You can share it. You you can can see the simplicity of a love story told well, of redemption, of uh, heartache and hurt. And how that can all work together if we just trust in the Lord and how he provides for us. But Ruth was not written in isolation. Ruth, if you're looking at your canon of scripture, fall between Judges and Samuel. So that's early on in the Old Testament. So so what has taken place to get us to Ruth? Well, if you remember the story of the Judges, it's not like Judges on the Supreme Court... It's judges, deliverers, these who would judge the people. There was a series of times where uh, the, the children of Israel were living in this kind of tribal confederation. So, so 12 tribes that were, were associated by uh, family lineage. And if there was um, times of trouble, they would kind of band together and, and work as one. But they were individual. They were 12 unique people groups just working together. They, they had entered the promised land, but they hadn't really fulfilled all their end of the bargain. They, um, well, It's really a struggle between obedience and failure and God's merciful redemptive hand. And so when we look at Judges, we see a cyclical pattern. We see that the people for a while would live by God's plan for them. They would be obedient to God's word. They would worship in the way that was appropriate. They would stay away from these foreign gods, these, these idols. But slowly but surely, these, this idolatry would sink into their lives. They, they would go after those that could maybe benefit them, the, the God of fertility to, to bless their fields and their crops, and, and they would make concessions, and then they would start following in the wrong place. Well, God, the one true God, the God of the father Isaac and Jacob and and all this, uh, would eventually lift his merciful hand of protection off of these children. And he would let invaders come in and pester them. And then after a while of uh, heartache and suffering, the, the children of Israel would return to their one true God, and they would bow on their knees and pray for forgiveness, and God would grant it. He would send a judge, a deliverer, to lift them up out of this situation. But the cycle goes on, generation after generation, it seems. The time span got shorter and shorter from when they lived by the God's statutes, or they would fall away. And so, Ruth follows this. In the book of Judges, we see a very negative picture of what the children of God could look like. Disobedience. Prone to failure, easily swayed. Then we have Ruth, but Ruth is followed by Samuel. Now, if you notice in Samuel, we separate him first and second Samuel, but it's just one story. It's the story of the last prophet of the judges. It is the story of the last leader of the people. It is the story of a new age. It is the story of the kings of the monarchs. It is the story of Saul and David. It shows how Israel went from this loose tribal confederation to a nation, to a government to where they were all unified under one king. And then the rest of the story of the Old Testament goes how that didn't work out quite the way they planned. But in the midst of that, the people had cried out. They had cried out for something that would unify them because they know left on their own accord they would fall. So maybe if they would just have this king, they would be delivered. But Ruth, she's a Moabitess. So we're going to look at the chapter 1 of Ruth today. and We're going to focus on a particular set of verses. Uh, verses uh, 16 and 17. So if you will follow with that, and then we'll go back to talking about our, our, our situation we find ourselves in. So this is Ruth now talking to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth says... Do not press me to leave you or go back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well. Even if death parts me from you. This is Ruth's pledge her confession to her mother-in-law. So what led us to this point? Heartache. Heartache brought us here. Famine brought us here. Death brought us here. The story of Naomi is not a fun one to tell. In reality this book is named after Ruth, kind of our heroine of the story, but it is a story of Naomi and it is a story of redemption. In Naomi's life she left her homeland of Ephraim, Bethlehem. And they traveled because there was famine. They, they looked to Moab as a place that might bring relief. And so they traveled there. And they lived there for roughly ten years. And while they were there, her husband died. Her two boys who had married while they were there died. And she was left with no one to provide for her. For this wasn't the day where women owned much property. They were dependent on the male line for for land, for safety, for protection. She was left destitute. She was left bitter. And there's also a story of return. For they would return home. The land was different than they left it. No longer were they returning to a land of famine and heartache but they were turning to a land of abundance and prosperity. They were turning to a harvest. But they had nothing in their pockets. They had no crops to gather in. They were left alone. And Naomi, Naomi, she didn't want that to happen for her daughter-in-laws. So she told them, go back, go be with your people. Find new husbands, remarry, for, for the way their culture worked and how they would provide redeemers for these wives was not going to happen. Naomi had no other sons to offer in marriage, no other kinsmen to offer for these two young ladies. And so if they were going to survive, if they were going to th- thrive in life, they needed to go somewhere where they could get it. When know Ophrah, one of them, she decided to turn back. First, she didn't want to. But she was persuaded because Naomi laid it out on the table for him. She said, this isn't going to be Evie. I have nothing for you. You need to return home. Maybe they can provide you a future for I have none. But Ruth, we heard in this story, she was different. She pledged to be by her mother's side. Now, Ruth wasn't a Jew. She didn't come from Bethlehem. She came from the land that they had settled, Moab. She was a Moabitist. Now, for us who, who aren't as attuned to the story of God, we, we may have missed something back in Genesis. I, I will refer you to Genesis 19 to read the whole story. It is not one that is easily shared in mixed company of age groups. It is one almost out of the pages of a daily soap opera. It is the story of Lot. And it's a story of the origin of the Moabite people. Now Lot, we remember, uh, had settled in Sodom and, or Sodom and Ramgamora, you know that area, when, when him and Abraham split up. Well, you, you know the story there: fire and brimstone, all that, barely escapes with his life. Wife turned into pillar of salt. Well, he kind of goes into the state of depression and, and goes to some caves to hide. His daughters do some things. Little wines involved, little deception. But hey, they continue on the family line. I'll leave it at that. She is a descendant of that deception. She is not well liked by Jews in general, by these Israelites. She is a foreigner. So that puts in perspective on what. Uh, em, 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 bleh, 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 bleh. Let me say it right. Imelech. There we go. That's one of those names. Emelech, Naomi's husband, knew when he decided to leave his homeland and settle there. That was a bad famine. If it would put you out of your ancestral inheritance to go there, you know it had to be bad. And it was not only was it bad, but it ended up poorly for them. He died, and so do the two sons. And so this foreigner, this despised and hated foreigner, is the hero of the story. She is the one who rises up above the tragedy and heartache. And she seeks a new way of life. She seeks to do so because there was something in Naomi and her faith and her religion that just drew her to her. We're not even sure how Naomi responded for she just simply stopped talking and stopped trying to persuade Ruth. Some have suggested that she was more embarrassed that she's going to bring now heartache and this far in her back home with her. I don't think that's what it is. I think she hit rock bottom so hard she didn't want to pull anybody else with her. And I think we do that a lot. I think we do that a lot as Christians today. You know, we are apt to help others in need. But when our own need is surrounding us, when our own need is crushing us because of great loss, we tend to put up the walls. We tend to push people away. And that's what Naomi was doing. She was pushing away those that she loved. In part, she was doing it honorably. She knew she couldn't provide for these two women. But when Ruth saw her mother-in-law in in need, she pledged her loyalty. Legally, culturally, she had no obligation to this woman. She could have easily returned home, found a new husband from her own family, and lived a nice, happy life. But she didn't do that. When she made this pledge, she pledged before her mother-in-law and before God. Now she was bound to this lady for life. Words in this culture mean far more than they do in ours. For once something was spoken, it could not be retracted. You couldn't come back and go, well, I meant something else. Your word was your life. Your word meant something. Her word meant something. It meant she decided that she was going to go as a widow, with a widow, to a land that she didn't know. Naomi's spirits weren't lifted by this act of kindness. When they make it home at the end of chapter 1, she says, No longer call me Naomi. Don't call me by my name. Call me Mara. God has dealt bitterly with me and that's something you think she may have been uplifted a little bit if we're outside her reading the story man your daughter-in-law just did something special for you she's gonna to tend to you for the days of your life but her heart hurts too bad when your heart is breaking You know, it doesn't matter what kind of kindness happens to you. You can't see it, can you? You can't see the goodness happening all around you. But God can. God can place people there. God can bring you into the story. For we are Baptists. We are people of the book. We treasure this Bible. As God's inspired word for us. It is a record of his actions. His works of creation. It is a record of how he has intervened in human history. It is a record of redemption. And it is a story that calls us, that beckons us to enter. That beckons us to come in. Now, you know, Netflix has given me some illustrations. Not necessarily good ones all the time. But there's something that has changed how we watch TV. And I watch way too much TV, I'll admit that. But I remember when, if you had a certain TV show you liked, you would plan a certain time of night, certain day of the week, and you'd watch it. And if it was a rerun, you were upset because you actually got to see it that night when you normally miss it. But sometimes you would be able to stay up and watch every single one, week after week after week. But it was told in a series. Now, you may have had a favorite show that you watched a few times years ago, and it's on Netflix. Do you just have to wait week after week to watch your show? No. We have something called binge-watching. And you can find those favorite shows of yours. It may have been one back in the 80s, and they've published it. You know, It may be one that's fairly current. But you can now binge-watch your series. How do you binge-watch your show? Do you go to season one, episode one, and start there and go to the end? Or do you go to season five, episode 12, and then you go to season three, episode two, all this kind of... do Do you watch it that way? No, you don't watch it that way. You watch it the first way. You start at show one, and you watch it to the end. And why is that? Because it is a story that tells from start to finish. You have people come in, you have people go, but it is a great story that goes through the seasons. How do we read our Bible? Do we read it as a great story from beginning to end? Or do we skip to a book in the New Testament, then a little bit of Old Testament, throw in some Psalms and Proverbs and round it out? Most of us read it that way. But this is a grand story. Now, you don't have to necessarily read it straight through from Genesis to Revelations. And actually, that's not the best way to read it if you want to know the grand narrative. Because we organize it in a way that's a little more functional for liturgy, for church use. You can Google reading plans on the internet, and you can find a narrative reading of the scripture. If you've never done it, I would recommend it. But you need to know the story of God from beginning to where everything was good and great and to how humans messed it up because of free will and selfishness that they turned to sin instead of turning to God. It is a story how humans messed up over and over and over again. is a story how when we left to our own devices we messed it up it is one that reigns through to today when we as humans as believers are left to our own devices and we lose sight of what God is calling us to do we repeat the exact same mistakes found in this scripture that is good not that we make mistakes but it is good that we are learning God called a people, a group of Israelites, of 12 tribes. He called them out, not because they were any better than anyone else that lived on the planet, but because he wanted to show his goodness to this world. He wanted to show his example to all people and the promise he gave to Abraham that one day, after your descendants are as the sands of the sea and all this kind of stuff, you will be a blessing to all nations, calling them together. He had a plan from the beginning of time to bring us into his house, not just us, but all, for that hated foreigner, Ruth, to bring her into the story. And how did he bring her in? Oh, with greatness. With a story worth repeating after the generations. In the end of the story, we know what lineage she'll produce. And we will get there. And you probably already know the spoiler. There's a reason that they place Ruth in between Judges and Samuel. For in her heritage, a line will come. A line that would lead to David, the king. A line that would lead to Jesus today. It is the story of how God works through all of history to bring us to where we are. It is the story of how God calls us together. And it is a story about a woman of faith and loyalty. It is one that we don't see very much anymore. And so as we continue to study the scripture together... I want you to take part of the grand narrative of God. Binge watch the gospel message through all eternity. If you've got the time, read the scripture. Remember, it's not just about feeling good about yourself. It is not about uplifting yourself, but it's being drawn into a grand story. One that is greater than every one of us. One where God's sovereign hand is at work. His providence is all around us. We don't know the heartache we face today, what goodness may come out of it later. But God is at work in each and every one of our lives. He is drawing us to something greater than we are. And like Ruth, that young woman, that example of faith, he brought her into something far greater than she ever imagined. I really don't know what she was thinking. I don't know what she saw in Naomi. Maybe she just had a heart for her and knew that if she left her alone, that she was good as gone. I don't know. But whatever it was, God used her. He drew her into something far greater than her. And as we sang earlier, we will remember. We will remember the story of the gospel. It didn't start with Jesus started in the garden. Because God's sovereign hand worked through eternity. He worked through a small people group. Through prophets that proclaim Jesus is coming. So that when we found the Messiah, we would know that it was him of who the scriptures spoke. It is a grand story. Bigger than us. If you want to... Leave a mark with your life. Something far greater than you can do on your own. It is not about, you know, getting your name on enough buildings, enough plaques. I've helped renovate older churches before. You know what some of the things are in the trash? Those little brass plaques. For at a time, people were honored because of their gifts that they are given. But with enough time goes by, you'll be forgotten if you're only living for your lifetime. But when you join God in his plan, he can use you for something far greater than you will ever know. Story of a foreigner, story of a young lady should prove that point. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Our good and gracious heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the scriptures that you have lived We thank you for the scriptures that you have given us. Lord, I pray that you draw us into your story. That you let us live far beyond our own imagination. That you use our lives for something greater. Because you have called us from all eternity to be your children, to be a blessing to all nations, to be your hands and your feet. Be with us today and be with us in the days ahead. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And now as we enter our time of invitation, if you decided that Jesus Christ is going to be your Lord and Savior and you're ready to make that proclamation boldly in front of all these witnesses please come forward if you've been visiting first baptist church and today is a day you want to uh, join please come forward or if you're simply in need of prayer come forward at this time